all want to make a difference with our life. And so this is Make a Difference Monday, where we encourage you to make a difference in yourself and others and in the world around you. I'm so excited. Today, we are joined with Becky Endicott. She's a resident storyteller, kindness champion, philanthropy celebrator, justice seeker, humanity endorser, envelope pusher, people lover, all the things. And I cannot wait to dive into our conversation. But today we're going to talk about the impact of giving. You do not want to miss this conversation. But first, we just want to quickly go through, Becky, your top three, and then we'll dive deeper into our conversation. So you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. Okay. So what are your top three things that you want listeners to know about you? Uh, The first one is that I have two young daughters who are the light of my lives, and we navigated infertility to bring both of them into the world. So that's the first one. The second one is I'm a deep empath, and I'm an Enneagram too for anybody who lives in Enneagram. And um, I have a problem hugging new people I've just met because I want to hug and love on everybody. And the last one is I have a really loud Italian family, and we love to eat and play games and be loud together. So that'll give you a picture about my life. <laughs> I love it. All right. What are your top three ways that you make a difference in yourself? You know, the first one is I create some space to be quiet and alone every Saturday morning, um, which is just something I need for me to be a mom. And then my second thing is I use Calendly. There is an app called Calendly and it will save your life and your schedule because you can send that app and that link to everybody and it just coordinates with your calendar, which is game changing. And the third one is I ask for help because I'm horrible at it. And I've come to learn that is my biggest personal weakness is I can't ask for help. So try to make a conscious effort to do it every day. Nice. Okay. What are your top three ways that you make a difference in others? You know, I think I, the first one is I just really work to listen and make everyone feel seen and welcome that are in my orbit. Um, the second one is I, I really feel divinely called to connect um, people, organizations, mission, and whatever way that I see can help propel someone or something toward good. And then my third one is I just kind of fuel my love for people and writing little notes to them, whether it's online or in person, especially when I see somebody struggling. Um, And that's just three things I like to do to uplift others. I love it. Okay. So last but not least, what are your top three ways that you hope to make a difference in the world around you? I mean, my first one is I just hope to bring story, humanity, empathy, and service to life. Um, digitally or in person, wherever you are, I just want to help create a path for others to join. Um, the second thing is I really openly share my personal mental health journey to break down stigma of brain diseases. And I hope that that will create more community and question for, for others who are suffering. And the third one is I just want to help my daughter see the frailty um, and the need that exists in the world and to really find their place and their voice and alignment um, with their values to be a light to others. I love it. Okay. I cannot wait. You ready to start our conversation? Let's do it. I've been wanting to talk to you forever. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. So I am reading your bio, Becky, and you are an amazing lady. And I love this because, and I want those that are listening to know, we have known each other for we go back a little bit. 
a, a long a time, a couple decades, maybe couple, three decades. Oh my gosh. I don't feel old enough to say that. No, I don't either. Let's just say two. We'll go with okay, two. two. <laughs> <laughs> two. Although I think young. it might be three yeah. young. <laughs> young. But I think okay. it might be three decades. So, it might be. Yeah. yeah. You so grew up we around were, the corner from me. I did. And my parents still live in that house. Do your parents still live in the house? They don't. They moved a couple of years ago, but, um, oh, I have such fond memories of that neighborhood. It's a great neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we were, we grew up together, grew, went to the same school together. Um, you actually were younger than me in school, but we won't, we won't you, say our age. You were like my idol. Can I say that? Like I adored Courtney Smith and she was like the mentor that every young girl wanted in our high school. And you continue to be that for me. And I'm not blaming smoke. I really do mean that. And of course, oh, you know that. Becky, thank you so much. Well, I felt the same way about you. I know you're younger than I am. And I went, I, I was your brother. We were, went, yeah. we were in the same class together. Yeah. But my older brother. You, yes. But like, so the times I was around you though, like you always were such a light and mm-hmm. so kind and so sweet. And I just remember that about you, like always, I don't know, like you just had a joy about you. And I see that carrying over in what God has you doing with your life right now. And, um, and I want to talk about that because when we decided that this month, we wanted to talk about the impact of giving, um, I mean, top on my list, I thought if we can get Becky to come on here and share, like, I just want you to know, those that are listening, you might want to get a notepad and pin out and take some notes because <laughs> I feel like this woman is a wealth of knowledge. Um, oh. And so thank you for being on here and of talking course. to us about it. But, um, but first I do want listeners to know you just to get to know you a little bit more. Um, so your mom, tell us about your family. Mom, mom, I have two little girls. They're seven and 11. Um, they are the light of my lives. I said that earlier, but you know, I think when you go through infertility, there's just a sense of gratitude that is always tethered. Like, like, and we're all grateful for our children, but just having an absence for a long time and having to fight for something that um, is really something that is on your heart um, just made me kind of a different mom. And they're such funny, precocious little creatures. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so I'm a working mom and they know that about me. And I love philanthropy. I love service and mission. And yeah, we just try to infuse that um, a lot into our family family dynamic. And um, we live in the middle of Oklahoma. It's like our world is very small. And so I'm trying to find ways to show them a larger, wider world with different people with different lived experiences and backgrounds. And we talk about different is great all the time. Um, So yeah, just live in Edmond, Oklahoma and just spent my career in nonprofits doing marketing. And it's just my happy place. I love it. Wow. Do you feel like when you were growing up and like, even going, when you started college, um, do you like, did you always have a heart for like philanthropy and like helping those and just like, has that always been, or was there a moment that maybe that came alive in your heart? You know, my mom and dad always lived it really, really well. And my mom has been the music director at my home church for like 30 years. And so grew up in the church and I watched my parents serve, um, not just in the church, but in different capacities. My 
dad was on the infant crisis board. And I remember a time that we, um, our church adopted and bought all these apartment complexes and we ended up like DIY renovating them as families for families that did not have homes. And I remember watching us on Saturdays going in and like watching my dad trying to do sheetrock or, you know, and he has no skill and something like that. Um, but just watching that commitment, being very active in youth. And I didn't even know you could go into nonprofit, honestly, when I was in high school. So I was going to go be the media relations person for the St. Louis Cardinals. Cause I thought that was like the dreamiest <laughs> job ever. And then I just got into the public relations marketing world. And I was like, you know, I don't think this is the right right fit for me. But when I found nonprofit marketing, I was like, oh, yes, this is my jam. And these are my people. And I never left. I started at the Science Museum, Oklahoma, which I still call Omniplex. Yes. And yeah, moved from there into higher ed fundraising and then did healthcare um, philanthropy and marketing for 10 years. And it's just been a trip and met amazing people and watched miracles unfold around me all the time. Wow. So you've had, so you've had some history with philanthropy work Mm -hmm. and doing that. And I love that you love it. And, you know, when you think of philanthropy, I always think of how generous people are and giving, Um, but sometimes you have to make the ask or let the need be known. So tell us about that. Like, do you love that? Is that out of your comfort zone? How do you like finagle that? You know, the number one question I get from people back when I was a major gift officer was, oh my God, they would say to me, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you can go in and ask people for money. I could never do it. And my response was always like, this is my joy to be able to do that. Like I, if I sat down with a family whose child was saved in my hospital's NICU and I get to sit at their feet and listen to that story, it is such a honor from for them to open their heart to me in that way and to translate that and say you know we have this dream that we would like in our NICU to do x I mean I can think of one time we were like buying little webcams to put on the baby bassinet so families who couldn't travel to see their NICU baby could see them and it's like seeing a family come together and give to something like that is the most selfishly rewarding thing. And so I always felt like I was never asking anybody for money. I always felt like I was presenting them an opportunity to come in and be a part of the miracles that were on the front line. And if they said no, it was, I mean, the worst thing anybody could ever say to me was no, but you know, if they said yes, I watched how it enhanced their life and enhance the life of the beneficiary. And I just thought, is there any greater work in this world than being able to facilitate that? And then I just happen to have a writing background. So I would take those stories and I would share them, you know, with the family's permission. And that again, fosters community and brings people in. And even if you didn't have a NICU baby, you're feeling for this family who had their darling, precious child in a hospital for three months and you get wrapped up in that story and it's emotional. And I just think it's a gift to work in this. And so I get why some people uh, think it would be, uh, you know, kind of untoward and uncomfortable, but for me, it was just the gift of a lifetime to be able to do it. Wow. Okay. So share with those listening, what you're doing now, because it is amazing. And I see how the Lord is working in it and yeah. truly just growing it and using it for good. And so 
I would love for you to share is like, how, like, tell us what you're doing now. How did it start? Why did you start it? Like all the things. Oh my gosh. So we started a company called We Are For Good. And I can assure you that my business partner, John and I, both of our parents thought we were nuts and crazy because we were trying to build an online digital community. We were trying to create global community for do-gooders. And in do-gooders could be defined in so many different ways. People who are working in nonprofits, um, either trying to execute the mission, trying to fundraise, trying to storytell, people who wanted to serve like volunteers or board members, philanthropists. We, we saw a huge gap in our industry that we worked in for almost 20 years. And it was like the way that we are connecting the way that we're talking to each other and the way that we're training is completely antithetical to the human experience. It's very robotic. It's, you know, it's steeped in patriarchy. And we thought, what if we built like a really cool online table where everyone was welcome? You could come in and get trained up. We took all of what we've learned in marketing and fundraising And we just started a table and a conversation. We launched it with a podcast and had guests from around the world come in and just teach and talk about really progressive things that were not being discussed in our sector. You know, there's a lot of social good organizations, B Corps, a lot of corporations who have really robust corporate social responsibility programs who are scaling and making money and building community and connecting so much faster than nonprofits. And we're just so wired to live in that scarcity mindset of we can't spend money and we can't, we can't ask for things and we can't innovate. And we're fundamentally rejecting that and saying, what if we did pour everything into training? We poured everything into connecting. We poured everything into being a a real human who's being vulnerable and authentic and genuine. What would happen? And we had a theory about it and we launched this company and oh my gosh, I don't know what's happened. It's just kind of exploded. And we've found that there are many people around the world who just understood that this gap existed and they wanted to learn and what is working now. I mean, the world changed with smartphones, the world changed with the internet and the way that we used to fundraise, you know, which was built like that structure was built in the sixties for how to fundraise. is just outdated. And we are, ready to show up and kindly link arms with people, talk about how you can pour into purpose and mission. And we think that not only is it going to benefit the nonprofit, but by virtue of giving yourself to someone else, whether it's your time, talent, treasure, testimony, whatever it is that you are sharpened, you are filled. And so, yeah, our goal is like to have an, we call it an impact uprising is we want impact to just grow and grow and grow and to be fostered. And we want people to learn and love and be kind. And we want them to bring their kids along and yeah, the world is our oyster. So that's what happened. And then we launched a um, Netflix for nonprofits, um, learning platform last month that we're really excited about. So it literally looks like your Netflix because let's be honest, most Gen Zers and millennials have not grown out, grown up without Netflix. They know how to get their content. They know how to get it immediately and to consume it. They want it to be entertaining. And so we're just kind of, we just divinely hit that sweet spot in the market in the middle of COVID when we launched our little company last year and 
yeah, it's, I, we're white knuckling it, <laughs> just holding on for dear life and, and letting it grow organically because we want to make sure that it's never about us. It should always be about the community and it should never be about Becky and John or what we're building. We want to just be a conduit to goodness wherever that exists in the world. Wow. Well, and I see how it really like the Lord is using it for good and Mm -hmm. how it's reaching people and helping. And then I feel like it's, you know, you're investing in all these people, then they go out and then go, go put it into practice what they're learning and, you know, just the impact that it's making. And I just want to commend you and just say job well done. And I love that you're just, you know, the world is your oyster. I I, you know, (laughs) I've got, I've got a little heart for oysters, but <laughs> I know you do. You do. Oh, that's amazing. So, I love it. Well, and I love that. One of the things that you said is that you feel divinely called to connect, um, to connect and, you know, in whatever way that looks like that will propel good. And, and so I love for you to share a little bit about that because, you know, we're talking about the impact of giving and the importance of it, but that it, you give, I mean, it, how it sharpens you and it makes you better and the impact it has on you personally, but I I would love for you to share just like your heart in connecting people and why that's important and how that goes with giving. I love that you asked that question just because this was, do you ever just like grow up and you find out that you've had this gift that you weren't even aware was a gift? This is, this is something I've just learned about myself in the last year, which all my friends are and colleagues are laughing. They're like, you've been doing this for years. And I was like, I didn't know I was, but you know, I worked at Integris, um, which is Oklahoma's largest not-for-profit healthcare system for 10 years. And, you know, you work at a hospital system that's that large, you meet a lot of people. And I just kind of got into this zone where somebody would call me or text me and they would have a medical emergency and they would need to get in immediately, or they would have a scary cancer diagnosis and it would trigger something in me. And I would immediately pick up my phone and I would text a hospital president, uh, oncologist. Uh, I had all these people in my phone and it was very quick. I can remember like a couple heart attack interventions where I just happened to get the the phone call or the text first and we could activate the right people to help. And it just seemed like something where God had just put me in that place. And I wanted to be able to help leverage my network to help whatever this positive outcome was. And, you know, from a really selfish standpoint, I got a lot out of that because I was seeing families be made whole again and people healing or, and and it wasn't always a great outcome, but we always made sure that somebody was there for them and that there was an intervention and that things moved quickly. And so when we started, we are for good. I was like, I just need to do that. And I had a very good friend um, who told me, um, wrote me a really sweet letter one time. And it was one of those profound moments in life. And he said, the Hebrew word for Rebecca, it means to bond or to connect. And I see that that is what you're doing. And I feel like perhaps that's what God has called you to do. And I just thought on that for months and prayed about it. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to let go. And if these requests or questions come in, I'm just going to connect as much as I can. And they do all the time because if you're somebody who's listening, I mean, we just listen a lot on the podcast. We meet a lot of people, we learn a lot of things. And when you're in a position to just listen, it makes those connection points so easy. And I, 
I know you're saying this to be nice, but I have to like <laughs> tell you it's such a selfish feeling because I am just that that is what fills my cup is to see two people get together, put their gifts and their talents together and go use it for good. I just want to get out of the way and create a synapse that, you know, creates the spark in the world. And I'm totally confident and comfortable with never knowing what happens. I just know that they'll go and do good. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on that journey a little bit right now. I've been working through it in therapy and prayer. It's been very interesting. That's amazing. Well, I see that. And I see that in you that, I mean, I think when I came on the pod, your podcast, mm-hmm. we are for good. And I think after that, I think you'd already connected me with two or three other people that, um, about the Pearl house and, oh, and it was I saw such alignment. I saw a great donor <laughs> that should get in there. I just, you know, this is, this is the problem with the world and with nonprofits is we don't share our story loudly or well enough. And I think we've been predisposed to like, not really put money into marketing and those kinds of things, but that is the way that we connect is through story. And I will just, share with your listeners. You shared a story on our podcast about a girl, one of your pearls. And I told you every time we talk, every single time I see your logo, her, the image of her, you know, coming out of the car, going into the pearl house is the thing that stays with me. People need to hear that story because if they hear that story, they're going to want to know more about what you do. And the more you unpack the layers, oh, there's such richness in there for them and their lives and for you and your life. Amen. Well, and I would love for you to share because I know that you have two daughters Mm -hmm. and I know you shared with me, the older one just has such a heart for justice and Mm -hmm. doing what's right and, you know, fair. And I love that. I love that you're instilling that in your girls. And I know that you said that you really want to help your girls to see the, just the need in the world. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to help them find their place and voice to serve and to be a light to others. And so goodness, like not only like, I would love everyone to capture that vision. Like everyone is trying to, you know, like to see the need in Me the too. world. <laughs> right? yeah. like, so how yeah. do we do that, Becky? How, how do we do that? <laughs> you know, I, something I did and I just kind of fell into it. Like it was a little social experiment. I didn't even know I was conducting, but I, I started by when my eldest, I think she was four or five. I gave her 10 $1 bills at Christmas And I was, and I kind of challenged her and said, you need to carry this with you when we go places. And if you see a need at the holidays, whether it's the little red bucket, you know, the bell ringer for the Salvation Army, or if it's the church collection plate, or there's a bucket next to the the cashier, you need to look and see if there's a way that your money can be a light to somebody. And so she would have so much fun, like taking out her little, oh, I'll give $2 to this little animal charity here at the gas, you know, the cash register or something. And so we did that for a couple of years, added you know, added it for our littlest one. And now they've just gotten so sophisticated, which is so fascinating to watch is they are very intentional about what's important to them. My oldest loves the environment. Um, She loves water charity and she loves animals. 
Um, and so, you know, last year they sat down at Christmas and instead of putting their dollars in things, they mailed them directly with letters to the nonprofit. And so, you know, my youngest gave some money to our local children's hospital. She gave something to the Sierra Club because she loves she wants to be an environmental scientist. And, you know, there's just and it's like three dollars. You know, I did give them 20 this 20 a piece this year. So we're going up a little but But they have fun. And, it, and it's so sweet to watch, like even the six year she was six at the time, write and understand that she was putting her why into that letter. Please help kids who are sick feel better, you know, and which is an unrestricted gift. And now they send that out and then, you know, really good nonprofits will send them a letter back. They'll get the receipt. It'll be mailed to them. Mail is very exciting at our house when you get your own mail. And some of them, like they gave to the Humane Society. They sent puppy videos to me to show them. Um, they gave to Water 4, who created a special, sent them a special video of a well being turned on. So all of a sudden, it wasn't just $3. They're feeling very emotionally invested and they want to know more. And then we go to walk for water, you know, and they understand the weight of carrying that water and what it means for families. And, you know, they go to the hospital and I have them physically hand a gift off and they see the pediatric unit. And I just think kids remember experiences and they remember these moments. And so just by virtue of that, we've just very gently kind of brought them along into our giving. We talk about the things that are important to us as a family, like our values, I want to give to young girls and minorities. Um, that's where and, and things that are social justice. But, you know, they want to give to the environment. They want to give to animals. My husband wants to give to legal aid. We all have different things that we're passionate about. But as a family, we're going to pour into all of it because that's important to one of us. And so it's just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, Court. But we we keep talking about it. I talk to them about guests I have on my podcast, you know, in a childlike way. I've let the 11-year-old hear a couple stories. They've seen some short documentaries about people that I've talked to about their missions, and they're just curious. They're like little sponges. And when they see the face of someone and you have the story, I just watch my kids become different humans, empathetic humans. And this is something we can all do. Um, and they don't have to support women and minorities and young girls in education like me. That's my passion. But, you know, I want them to find something to be passionate about. And I want them to understand that, you know, this is what we're called to do in life. Just as much as we're called to serve our community, there's a big world out there and we need to pour into equalizing it in some way. So that is fantastic. And I love that, that you started with 10 $1 bills. It does, but that is a, that is a practical thing that all of us can do either with our children or even just ourselves having a conscious, making a conscious effort and seeing like, what is the need? How can I help? And like, I would love for you to share what, what have you seen in your girls? Like when you first started doing that with them, like what did it have, like what kind of impact did it have on them personally, you know, when they're giving or writing or, you know, like, do you see a difference? And what would you say to that? It was, it was something fun at the beginning. Now it's something intentional and it's something that's been hardwired into them. And I don't think that you just stop at the holidays. I think there are so many times that you can pour in 
around the year and do things as a family or as a community. And I don't know, I think a lot of it is just teaching them to listen and look around and see need, you know, and it doesn't even have to be a philanthropy. They can be at school and see somebody struggling and it's like, go be the light to that person. You know what it feels like to struggle. And so, yeah, I think just building some awareness of the the needs and the plight of others and, and being aware and in tune to helping in that in that moment. That's probably what I've seen the most. I think that's fantastic. Um so Becky, I I wonder because I know that you hear everyone's stories and I know mm-hmm. that I mean talk about what an amazing job to be able to hear how people are impacting the lives of others. And oh, so, I'm so lucky. I just wonder if there's something that maybe a story that you'd want to share. It's going to be hard because I know you have a lot of them, Um, but maybe a story that you'd want to share that you feel like those that are listening right now, that it would um, really cause just something stirring in our hearts that maybe giving isn't on our radar necessarily, or we don't see the importance of it, but something that um, would really just challenge all of us to be opened in helping to make an impact in others. Okay. I I think that I have a story for that. We interviewed a woman out of Boston, Massachusetts, and she shared a story with us and this is her story. So I'm being very reverent and saying it's not mine, but I really cherish that she shared this with us. And she worked at like an addiction center. It was a very small addiction recovery center. And they had brought her on to do some storytelling and some marketing. And every Friday she would watch this man walk in and he would walk in the front door and he would drop this envelope um, at the front desk and greet the person and walk out. And after a couple of weeks, she was like, who is that man? And, and why, what is he dropping off? And the receptionist said, oh, you know, that's, that's Jim. He brings us $10 um, every week. And my friend says, but why? And she goes, I don't, I don't know. I just take it and I accept it. So my girlfriend sets up a coffee with him and finds out that his son passed away from a drug overdose when he was 17 years old. And he would give him $10 a week in allowance for all of his chores that he would do around the house. And after his son passed away, he decided that he was going to keep his memory alive by investing his weekly allowance in a place that could save other sons like him. And it was one of those moments. It was a, it taught me a couple things. One, who is in our world that we're not stopping to ask them about their connection and their story to us? Because that was a story that needed to be told. And I also think he gave $10. This was not a millionaire. This was a grieving father who was trying to figure out a path to stay connected to his son and save someone the heartache that their family had suffered. And it was like such a widow's might kind of moment for me when I heard that story. And to me, as as the nonprofit there, I would treasure those $10. And I would say that every dollar matters. You think that every dollar does not matter. I mean, once you can get a collective together to all believe in the same thing, pour their philanthropy and their charity into it, the most amazing things can happen. And so I just want to say like, never, ever underestimate the impact 
of giving. And I remember when we were in Integris and we had an employee campaign and we thought, you know, we just want people to give, we don't care what they give. We just want them to be a part of philanthropy. And so we put a little $5 challenge out there per pay period. If you want to get $5, you know, you'll get a t-shirt and you'll be a part of this collective. And we were like, I don't know if anybody's going to do that. We would raise $70,000 every year from people who gave $5 per pay period or less. Because when you think about what the base can do at such a modest level when paired with mighty, mighty community and people that want to do good, I just don't ever think you can underestimate the value of what you can give and how it can be used to transform good. I love that you shared that one. I need to go get tissues. What a powerful story. I know. I cried about that one. Yeah, I was not ready. I was kind of like I was not prepared for your story. You shared on the podcast, which is amazing as well. Wow. Well, and I I love that you shared that. And I hope that those listening heard that is that every dollar matters because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we can fall into the lie of like, well, I don't have much to give or what would my $5 do if that's what you can give? Like that every dollar truly does matter and that it makes an impact and that we can all come together. And I love that because I think of that with the Pearl houses, you know, a multi-billionaire or whatever, you know, could come write a check. One person could do this whole ministry, take care of the whole Pearl house mission, but that's not how it's designed. And that's yeah. not how it's intended to be is that, you know, that it takes everyone coming together, getting, you know, unifying, connecting, and that we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. And that I love it, that it causes, it takes all of us to do it and that he allows yes. us to do his work together. And so I love that you shared that. Thank you. You're welcome. It's my joy. I just think our our final core value of our company is community is everything. And we think everything can be done better when you're learning, growing and serving you know, with like-minded friends. And so we see it every day. And so, yeah, just know that you matter, your gifts matter, your time matters. I mean, it's a tough season of life, but I think we can all find ways to get into uplift, you know, through this kind of um, intentionality in our lives. So I'm just here to democratize it and evangelize it. I want everybody (laughs) giving and serving. It's so good for the soul. I love it. I love, well, I can't think of a better way to have our time to end unless there is anything, Becky, you want to say that maybe you didn't have the opportunity to do so. Oh my gosh. We always have the one good thing that we always end our podcast with. And it's always the thing that um, I'm petrified that people will ask of me, but um, no, I mean, I would just say, go, go find a way to be a light to someone, talk to kids about giving, talk to, you know, start, start to just normalize and socialize giving as a fiber of who you are in your family's life. And I just think it will create connectedness among you like you've never seen before. I love it. Becky, tell us how we can find you. You can find me. Um, at our website is weareforgood.com. Um, our podcast is called We Are For Good. I'm also on Instagram at Becky For Good, or you can come find me on LinkedIn. So yeah, I hang out on LinkedIn quite a bit. Okay. Well, I encourage everyone to not only go check out We Are For Good podcast, but I'm going to go check out the Netflix. Oh, um, come check all out the Pro. things. <laughs> I am. There's so many things. And so, um, Becky, I can't thank you enough for your time and 
just for blessing all of us today and um, just pouring into our lives. And I know that I know you always say on your podcast is feel good conversation, but I feel like we have had a feel good conversation <laughs> here today. <laughs> we have, and I am always rooting and praying for the Pearl House. It is a, it is like literally a pearl of just joy in the middle of this chaotic world. And I just am doing nothing but rooting for you guys. Thank you, Becky. Okay, well, let's all now go and make a difference. Thank you for listening to Make a Difference Monday. If you would like to learn more about how you can make a difference, visit thepearlhouse.org.